I am just, again, so passionate about people, women specifically, really being able to stand in and speak their truth, to be able to tell the truth about who they are so they can show up unapologetically. You can't be unapologetic if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You just can't. You can't be unapologetic if you don't trust yourself. You can't be unapologetic if you don't know yourself. My God, if I had a tambourine, you can't be unapologetic if you don't know yourself. Let me tell you what you are. Insecure, self-sabotaging, distrustful, uncertain. Those are things you can be, but you can't be unapologetic. What I want most for women everywhere is to stop playing small and step into your unique power so you can finally show up as the fullest, biggest, and truest version of you. But that requires that you first get crystal clear about who you are and then let go of everything that you're not. I'm here to teach you how to know yourself, trust yourself, and honor yourself so you can create a deeply aligned, deeply empowered, and deeply inspiring life. You know, the one you were actually sent here to have. Come on, let me show you how. Before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to take a minute to talk about the amazing, incredible six-week course that I just launched called Unapologetic. So This work is the core foundational work of my life. I always tell you that I am not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what I know. And so what's really amazing about this course, which is about helping women speak their truth, know their worth and trust their authority. You know, the things that I've been talking about for the whole, if we want to call it a season, the last 20 episodes on this podcast, how to show up fully embodied, fully anchored in your self-trust, your wisdom, your magic, your self-worth, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, all of the positive self so that you are not self-abandoning, self-sabotaging, all of those little things. And this is the work. I think one of the things that's really important about the course of the program that I've created, number one, it's six weeks and it's live. So we will have live support teaching Q&A calls every week for the six weeks. You get six month access to it. But what I really, really love is it's the perfect balance of energetic work and practical work. Because so often what I find is, and listen, I love energetics, the crystals, the meditations, the yoga and breath work and all of those things are important. But what I've really been talking about, you know, over many of these episodes are some of the specific practical work, like how are you defining what these things look like for you? You're charting on a course, but wait, hold on, pause. Are you really sure you know where you're going? You know, it's very common for us to just get out here and say we know because you're 27, 25, 32, 39, 46, 52. And it's like, well, I should know where I'm going. But I'm really about like, wait, let's take it all the way back to the beginning and figure out what's really important to you. What are your values? What's your why? Where are you charting to? And so, so many of the practices in this program are practices that I literally created. Like, This is shit that I, in a moment of inspiration and sometimes a lot of times desperation of like, I'm feeling something and I don't know how to articulate it. What came out of that? Emotional trust mapping. 
I'm feeling something or there's something I want to feel or I'm watching somebody on TV or I see an image and it makes me feel something and I'm trying to figure out how to articulate that. And so I ended up coming up with a process. And what does that create? Sensory trust mapping, Um, working through core values years ago. It's something that I've been doing for many, many years. And so much of this goes back to when I first started to see vitiligo on my body back when I was like 27 years old. So probably about 15 years ago. And all of watching my body slowly change over the last 15 years, I always say has brought me to my knees, both in a very painful, but also very beautiful way, because it forced me to let go of who I thought I was and open up to who I could become, who I was sent here to be. And so the most common question I always get is like, but how do you do that? But how do you show up so like, you're just so out there and you just speak your mind and you'll just say whatever, you just speak your truth. And a big part of that is because number one, I'm really clear about what I believe and who I am. And I also deeply believe and know that I have a right to be here and that I have a right to say these things. And yes, some of it is DNA and magic and the spirit that I was sent here with. But a lot of this shit is work. I mean, I don't believe that God's best is only for certain people. I believe that we all have access to it. Everybody is called, but few people choose. And so that is what I have kind of pulled together in this course is, I don't know if the word is amalgamation, but pulling together all of these tools that I've used over the last 15 years. This is like the core foundational work, but so much deeper. There's 28 trainings, 28, (laughs) 28 trainings in this program, even more exercises, practices. There's energetic practices, there's meditations, there are visioning. There's all kinds of amazing things that take you through the specific steps of what it means to really know yourself, trust yourself, honor yourself, and then step into integration and embodiment. So There is a link in my bio and there's a link in the notes here if you want to learn more about the program. If you are hearing any of this, if you've loved what I've talked about over the last 20 episodes, I would love to invite you to click the link, take a look and see if you are lit up and you want to join me in this work. This is for self-led women. This is for women who can call themselves out and really want a different story. They want to live a different story. They want to not just settle for who they are being, but if you know you are hearing that call in your soul to not even really just do more, but to be more, like you know you are called to unfold in a deeper, more magical way than you are now, I would love to guide you in this work. Absolutely love. So Take a look, click the link, would love to have you. The doors close on the 28th, but the program opens on the 23rd. So our first call is on the 28th. You will have access starting June 23rd. And again, if this is a good fit, I'd love to have you. Okay, this is a really short episode this week because I just wanna pop in and remind you of something that I say a lot, but let's just have a little short episode completely dedicated to this topic, which is, Make sure that you are defining your terms based upon what is important to you. And so again, what does work look like for you? What does success look like for you? What does a fulfilling and nurturing relationship look like for you? What does good sex look like for you? You know, these are all the things we throw so many terms around like, oh, and the sex was good and they did it. And it's like, well, wait, just because somebody says that they're good in bed and you can say you're great in bed or 
you meet a guy or girl or a person and they say they're great in bed, but that's very relative. Like at the end of the day, I'm the person that decides if I think you're good in bed or not. That's really not something you tell me. That's something I experience and I will let you know. And so I think what happens so often is some kind of way we end up abdicating our responsibility to define our terms. And I know what it is. I know why. It's because of the culture and the society we live in. We live in this very like obedience-based culture. And it's just like, again, groupthink process. This is what we think. This is what we believe. This is what success means. If you haven't done a million dollars in your business, you're not successful. If you're not making, as the entrepreneurs love to say, multiple six figures, you're not successful. And I just want to remind you, pause, wait, hold up, stop. It's your responsibility to define what these terms mean for you. Do not shirk that responsibility. Don't run away from it. Because part of the thing is so much of your, I even say mental health is really going to depend on whether or not you define the terms correctly, define the terms appropriately, define terms that really fill your cup. Because again, you can end up chasing something, chasing a good relationship, or you know, maybe you're in a relationship and it's not that great. And maybe you're not being treated the way you want to be treated, or maybe you're not receiving the type of intimacy or communication that you really want to receive, but you're talking to other people and they tell you, well, girl, you better be lucky that, you know, he makes good money and brings a check home, or you better be lucky that he even helps you out with the kids, or you better be lucky that he even cooks, because I don't even get that. And it's like, wait, this is where we have to remember that we don't all have the same standard. And so that is one of the ways, like this collapsing when it comes to defining terms is one of the main ways that I see we end up really like turning it in ourselves. And like I said, it fucks your mental health up because what ends up happening with the example of success, you are now running and chasing and have spent years chasing after something that you don't even want. You don't even want to live like this. Actually, what feels really successful to you is to live in a tiny cabin and you know, you want a minimalist lifestyle. You want a small capsule wardrobe where you've got 15 pieces and it's all in tan neutrals, tan, black, and you just recycle the pieces and that's what you wear. And that's what feels very fulfilling. But if you haven't defined that for yourself, you're going to fall into a trap where people are telling you, no, you need to, you know, build this home, live in this neighborhood, drive this car. You need all these clothes. You're wearing the same thing. Didn't you wear that in the last photo? And so here's the thing. There's really nothing wrong with any of the definitions. What's wrong is you not deciding what's right for you. And so that's one of the things, even in talking about the course that I think is so important of like, but wait, let's define what these values are. You know, core values are one of my favorite things to talk about because I live by them. And I'm like, show me somebody who is unhappy in their life. And I will show you where They are unclear about their core values, their core priorities, and that the priorities they do have, you know, most people will tell you, I know what's a priority for me. The priorities they do have are, to borrow a term from my friend Andra, they are horizontal and not vertical, meaning you've thrown everything into the fishbowl. And so it's like, oh, all of these 20 things are important, right? But 20 things can't be important. We need to put them in order what's most important. And if you haven't done that, then of course you're going to have problems with your time. Like you're going to be overworked. You're probably going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to do a million things because you're telling yourself everything is important when the reality is it's not actually true. All of these things aren't important, but until you stop and define that, you won't know. 
you know, when it comes to, I'm really big on like emotional articulation, emotional regulation. Do you know how to regulate your emotions? Well, you can't even do that if you can't witness to them. What does witnessing require? That you define the emotion. And so there's a process that I take you through even in the course with that of like, but wait, you have to sit down and start to get intimate and decide what this looks like. Okay, we can experience the same thing. And for me, I might say it pisses me the fuck off when that happened. But you might be there and experience the same thing. And you might say, you know what? It made me feel really insignificant. It made me feel worthless. And it made me feel invalidated or unimportant. That's a very different articulation than saying that something pissed you off. And so the more that we take responsibility for the terms that guide our lives, and listen, clearly we use language, like language can do many amazing things. I love words. I love books. I love to talk. I love all that stuff. But at the same time, even language has its limits. And so we need to work within it. And so what I find so often is, and I know I've said this before, is like people get in groups and we throw these terms out again. Oh, good sex, or they were successful, or I felt some kind of way. That's another favorite term I hear all the time. Like, oh, I felt some kind of way. What kind of way is that? Use your words. (laughs) Like, yes, I understand it's a slang term, but when it comes down to really trying to make an intimate connection with people, we need to start to pull back the layers and figure out what the fuck are we talking about? Because then what also happens is we're trying to make intimate connections and create intimacy And we're not even talking about the same damn thing, even though we're using the same words. And so just again, a little reminder, and I don't know, I was driving to the store and it kind of popped up for me of like, I really, really want you guys to think about the words that you are saying. One of the common things that I kind of call my friends out on is when people say, oh, that's interesting. I always say interesting is a word that doesn't really mean anything. It's an ambiguous word that could go either way. It's a word that you could use like something's ugly, but you don't want to say it. There could actually be, you know, you could say interesting because you hear something and it actually makes you think five other thoughts, but you haven't articulated it. You know, I'm just like, what does interesting mean? And so, you know, I probably won't do it really that much with people I don't know, or if I'm not interested in the conversation with the person, I won't ask. But if we're having a conversation and I'm interested and we're engaged and you say that's interesting, I'm going to be like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Just even something as simple as, oh, I'm fine. If we are friends and I'm asking you how you're doing and you tell me you're fine, I don't really know what that means because what I know from experience and data in the world is that people will say they're fine and they're really not fine. So does that actually mean you're struggling? Does that mean like I'm just getting by? Let's define what we're talking about because I don't want to be in a conversation with you and you're telling me you're fine. And I think that that means good. And then I just go on talking or I'm talking about, hey, girl, you want to go out to eat? And you know, I don't know, talking about some new song or some whatever, you know, way I heard the wind blow through the trees. You never know what I'm going to come up with. And meanwhile, you're like suffering and struggling inside all because we've had a miscommunication about the word. And so again, defining what, you know, what an intimate relationship looks like for you. What is a best friend? You know, that's another one that I use and I talk about my relationship with Raquel a lot. And I just say for me, I feel like what people describe as friends and especially what people describe as best friends, that's not what Raquel and I have in terms of like what we have is much, much deeper. And so it's almost a disrespect to call her best friend, but that's the only human really kind of word that I have that most people would understand. And so again, there's a million different terms. I didn't make a list of the different words, but as I was thinking about this, like I said, I just wanted to pop in and remind you 
one of the most important ways you can take control over your life is by defining terms. Decide what success looks like for you. Decide what your values look like. Decide what freedom looks like. Like, you know, is freedom for you having a lot of money in the bank and you just want to know that you have that security and you're fine, you know, going to work a 40 hour, 60 hour, 80 hour a week job and that feels good to you? Or does freedom mean, you know, that you are constantly experiencing yourself in new ways and being in uncomfortable situations and being, you know, for me, I love to be out in the world. I love to be in countries where I don't speak the language. Like, yes, it can be frightening and exhausting and scary, but there's also a certain exhilaration I feel. There's a certain childlike nature because that there's just deep wonder and awe and fascination that just pours out of my bones when I'm away because everything is new. It's like I'm five again and I'm just, my head is, you know, looking, I'm paying attention to everything. I'm listening to how the cars start. I'm paying attention to what people are serving for breakfast. So for me, how I define freedom, most people would define it as deep discomfort. And so again, what freedom looks like for me is actually discomfort for somebody else. They don't want to be somewhere where they don't speak the language. They don't want to be somewhere where they can't set a routine and have the same routine every day and you know, be with their family every single holiday and do all those kind of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what it does help for us to do is to make connections and relationships where we're having an actual meeting of the minds and we're clear that we want the same thing. And the other thing that's actually really important, I should say, is the number one is it helps you trust yourself. You don't then have to gaslight yourself and wonder like, well, am I wrong? Well, do I really not want this? Well, maybe I said, well, maybe they are right. No, what I'm clear about is what freedom and success look like for you are very different for me. We don't need to have a conversation about that. Like if we're talking or debating or talking about an idea, there's just a point where I know if we disagree, I'm not even mad. I just don't need to keep going. We don't believe the same thing. And I don't need you to agree with me. I don't need you to like what I say. I don't need you to convince me. I'm really clear about what I believe, you know, and I know that sometimes drives people crazy about me, but it's like, once I get clear about what the fuck I believe, you can't take me off of that. But that's because I've done all the work to define how I want to feel. What does empowerment feel like? What does safety feel like for me? You know, I have lists and, you know, post-it notes. And I've talked about this before, like all over the house where I will talk about, you know, I've done even things actually, this is on my wall in my bedroom now of like really getting clear about what the value that I bring to relationships is and breaking this down, defining these things. like. How am I nurturing? How does my nurturing show up? Or if I think about like what I want in a partner, one of the big things is emotional maturity and emotional regulation. And so, you know, being able to, again, break that down. What am I looking for? How am I defining this? Because one of the other problems, and this just loops back to the very beginning, is when you're not clear about how you are defining your terms, how you're defining your world, how you're defining your freedom, your success, all those good things you will meet that very fucking thing. And I'm not talking about a person. I'm just saying in general, you will meet that form of freedom and that shit will pass you right the fuck by because you didn't even recognize it because you haven't taken the time to actually decipher and understand and define what that thing is. And you find that that happens so often like, oh, you know, I want to do this, this type of person. I want to do that. But sis, you had that though. You had it and you didn't do what you were supposed to do with it. So there's a disconnect. And, and you know, part of that is just growing and being human. Like we're going to go through process and part of this, and I don't want to say missing out on things because deep down, I don't feel like we ever miss out on anything. But 
part of it is just, this is how we learn, as Abraham Hicks would say, like through contrast, not getting what you want or not experiencing the thing. And that's how you end up, you know, you have to know bad in order to know good, or you have to know ugly in order to know beautiful. But it's like, yeah, you need to define what freedom looks like because otherwise somebody can offer me, you know, a four, five, six, 12 month opportunity to travel the world. And I can let people talk me into saying, hey, that sounds really unstable. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your house? And what are you going to do about this and that? And I'll fuck around and turn that down, not realizing, wait, why did you turn that down? That's how you define freedom. Literally, that is your core definition of freedom. But if I haven't done the work to really whittle down and unpack what that means, I will miss the very thing that I'm calling in because I'm not actually clear about it to begin with. So I don't want you guys to do that. I want you to be clear. I want us as much as possible. And here's the beautiful thing, because we are humans and souls, we are souls wrapped up in skin and bones walking around on this rock flying through the atmosphere. We will always be expanding. You will be expanding until you take your last breath. So This is not about getting down to the bottom of it. It's just about as you are experiencing life, as you are sifting through the data of your life, as you are combing through your experiences and you thinking about, you know, very simply the things you don't like and the things you do like, let's start to define those things. You know, when you're thinking about, oh, I'm exhausted. I want to do something different. I want to live this kind of way. Take some time to sit down, you know, going to the park clearly is my thing. Maybe it's not yours. Maybe it's you know, I don't know, sitting on your screened in porch, or maybe it's just being in your house in a quiet day or going to a hotel for a staycation, whatever it is. But take some time, give yourself the gift of self-knowledge. And there are so many ways that you can get into the work on your own, but whatever it is, you deserve to do that. There are a million resources out here. There are a million resources available. And of course, if you want you know, this is what I love to do personally. I love, like I said, the energetic work, but I also love the practical, what would I call it? Kind of like roadmap creation process, making a roadmap to your soul or making a soul map to really chart. A lot of it is energetics, but a lot of it, like we're still here in a body. You still have a 3D body. You're going to have to move your body and interact with other humans and figure this stuff out. So on the practical tip, if you resonate with this and again kind of want some help coming through these practices check out the unapologetic sales page which is again is in the show notes because a lot of this work is what I'm getting into just to kind of set the tone as I expand my business in a different way I am just again so passionate about people women specifically really being able to stand in and speak their truth to be able to tell the truth about who they are so they can show up unapologetically You can't be unapologetic if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You just can't. You can't be unapologetic if you don't trust yourself. You can't be unapologetic if you don't know yourself. My God, if I had a tambourine, you can't be unapologetic if you don't know yourself. Let me tell you what you are. Insecure, self-sabotaging, distrustful, uncertain. Those are things you can be, but you can't be unapologetic. You can't be unapologetic if you don't honor yourself. And honoring yourself is about integrity. It's about, you know, smoking what you sell, walking the talk or talking the, yeah, walking the talk, whichever way it goes. It is about putting your, I guess I would say masculine energy, like that doing the energy that you need. Of course, we all have a balance. So the energy that you need to 
be in this world and actually get things done. It's about putting that in the direction of who the fuck you say you are, putting your money where your mouth is. And so again, if you know that like you're in a place in your life where this is the time for you to unfold and explore a deeper level of this work, I would love to have you join me. Let me tell you, the conversations are lit. The work is amazing. It starts to, you know, at first it can be scary, but it starts to become this really beautiful thing because so often we're just like beaten down by our lives and other people's definitions. And girl, you're going to do that. That's not possible. This isn't possible. And so it's so important to just reconnect back to ourselves and open up and explore everything that is possible. So again, define your terms. Clearly, I am not your guru, but I can be a guide for you in this work. And I always say, I'm not telling you my truth, but what I do love to do and what I'm best at is teaching you how to tap into yours. So click the link in the bio if you are interested in joining Unapologetic. And if you want to do the work on your own, just start there. Yeah, keep asking yourself why. Keep asking yourself what this means. What am I talking about? Get a piece of paper, write it down, put a note in your phone. Maybe it's something that you come back to, but it's not other people's job to question you. Question yourself. Give yourself that gift. You owe that to yourself.